Quiet on the set. Action. Alright everyone, welcome to the Movie Machine Podcast presented by Hot Chocolate Media. I'm your moderator today, Kyle Deckard, and I'm joined by three Hollywood masterminds who are going to craft a movie for you today based on a random prompt. I'm actually super nerding out by this group. We have a writer, Ben Lifson, who is the bird wrangler on Iron Man 2. Yeah, there was a bird in that movie. We have our director, Ian Nystrom, who is Ben Kingsley's bong cleaner on Iron Man 3. And then we have Jacob Gulliver, who convinced Terrence Howard to not continue in the MCU because he thought it was a bad idea. But we literally have a representative of every member of the Iron Man trilogy, how cool is that? That being said, this is our story for our writer. It's a light-hearted thriller. The main characters are an obsessive assassin and an awkward priestess. The major event of the story, destruction. I feel that nowadays when people are watching media, they don't just watch movies. So I've been noticing there's a real rise in the interest in video games. I think that that's really hot right now. You know, the, the hottest video game that I think played, you know, those Final Fantasy games. So we're going to do a fantasy movie. I, I, I'm sure that fantasy is good for movies, too. So I think people will like it. Anyway, we're going to, you know, set in this, you know, fantasy world where, you know, people have these classes or these roles. And, you know, just to set the scene, you know, there's the dark demon has been released. Uh, we'll call him Dargramoth. So Dargramoth there's always going to be a weird echo when you say it, but Dargramoth has, you know, he's like destroying the world and an assassin has been sent by the Brotherhood of Death, which I'll allow my director or producer to think of a better name for. They sent the assassin, you need to kill the Dark Priest. If you kill the Dark Priest, only then can you kill a demon guy. I've already forgotten his name. Dargamoth. So, Dargamoth, yes, thank you. Such a memorable name. Exactly. It, it's it's close to dark. And echoing. And grim. Yeah. And moth. But on the way, so the assassin goes, you know, we'll have him be, you know, hotshot assassin, just kind of hotshot. How about more like edgelord kind of, but like a parody edgelord, like, my blade always finds its target. Someday the blade will strike my heart, except it's already dead or something. And like, but everyone makes fun of him because he's like a shitty assassin and just like you're trying too hard to be dark and broody and but uh he fails completely because the dark magic so he needs to team up with a priest he's saying like i need your help to go into the dark lord only a wizard of light can get me in i need a throat lozenge and uh priestess you know she's gonna be we'll have her kind of be like a nerd you know kind of make it like magic is sort of like academic and you know just kind of this buddy cop adventure like you know they don't really go together very well and um they have to go through all these wacky adventures to try to kill the dark priest so kind of buddy cop fantasy thing you have assassin that's trying too hard to be cool and just the weird awkward priestess who ends up doing more badass things just by accident so we're gonna call this film edge blade is it gonna be a final fantasy movie is it going to be Final Fantasy Edgeblade? That's for everyone else to decide. 
All right, director, you have the script for Edge Blade, which is written in a spiral-bound notebook that has, like, 18-bit pixel art drawn on the front of, like, Link kissing up to Sephiroth, and they're, like, making out. You like this? How do you make this vision yours? I think, first of all, it sounds like we're getting really into this niche genre, and I want to mine the con circuit for who are the most beloved actors that we can bring in to really give some credibility to this this property. I want to scout big names and then write in some roles for them. You know, bring in, like, a wizard mentor and have him be played by, of course, who else but Surrey and McCallum. Now... He's maybe going to be... Okay, so, Scratch Wizard Mentor, he's going to be the head of this assassin brotherhood. He's not an assassin himself. He's like he's like their, like, counselor, leader guy. He's the one that's that's saying, Oh, young edgelord, why won't you buckle down and murder people properly like we tell you to? Except for an Ian McKellen voice. That wasn't an Ian McKellen impression. I wasn't trying to it, so don't say that I was. Now, we, we know that Dargermoth, being a creature of pure darkness can't be killed by this young edgelord. Well, they're, they're killing the priest who summoned him because he has oh, a soul bond with okay, it. Okay, he's got a soul bond. Wow. Okay. So, I haven't got a cast for the edgelord yet. We're thinking uh, if we want someone who, again, nerd cred, we're going to bring in Hermione Granger herself, Emma Watson, as our young priestess. And we're just going to go kind of straight out Lord of the Rings kind of cinematography, get some nice shoot on location in New Zealand... Because, I mean, Sir Ian tells me it's quite lovely there. And uh, we're just going to make this a romping, rollicking fantasy adventure for everybody. But with an edgelord. It's going to be, it's going to be, it's going to be gritty. It's still going to be gritty. Because we got the edgelord in there. If we can find a role for Patrick Stewart, I want him in too. All right. Well, if you want Patrick Stewart, maybe you could play the evil priest. Oh, of course. Why didn't I think of this? This is why you're the writer. Aw. All right, producer, you get, you get a bunch of notes and it looks like the uh, storyboards were put on index cards and shuffled together for this film. But it says, Gan, no, Gan, no, cross Surya and McKellen, Picard, I mean, no, thing, Hermione, I mean, no. It's, it's like they, the director forgets people are people and actors, not their characters, are very confused. There's a scribble about can Professor Xavier be in the movie as well? So you're not sure on that. But how do you make this thing make profit? You like what you see? Either. Yeah, yes, yes and no. There's, I think, I mean, we can kind of work with this. We got to make a lot of changes, though. So I like kind of the direction you're going with, like, the over-the-top fantasy thing. Warcraft didn't really do so hot, so I don't really want to go like that. I think we make it, like, both dark and a little bit funny, like let them know we're going a little bit over the top and kind of wink at the camera a little bit for that. That's kind of the feeling that I think we can work with because then they know like we're parodying ourselves a little bit by this, but the edgelord folks will still really be into it. Uh, now my grandson lives in a basement of a townhouse and is the, the man who the four liter Mountain Dew bottle was invented for. Uh, and the he tells me that there is this game that people play. Since you're interested in game idea, I, I get that. That's I'm, I'm seeing some strings there. Uh, there's a game he plays which is called Warhammers. Are you familiar with this? 
Uh, People still play that? Apparently, it's it's quite popular with the men who drink these large bottles of Mountain Dew. I think we'll be able to work with this. There's an extensive fantasy world. You can basically just pull the story. You don't have to worry too much about writing all that hard. Just put in some some cute jokes and make sure that the you know the characters are are what they say they are in the little books. And I think you know the the nerds will come out of the woodwork for this bad boy. In terms of cast, you got to find me some cheaper people, man. I'd ideally like to turn out something that people have you know uh, this kind of cult market has been asking for for a while but not be paying out royalties to these, you know, top-tier actors for the rest of my life. It's, it's not going to work. If you want to bring in, like, people popular with nerds, like maybe Alan Tudyk, because he's a little bit cheaper, or maybe, like, Charlton Copley, he would be amazing. We could cast him as, like, literally any of those roles, and he would destroy it, uh, but way, way cheaper. You know, maybe, like, one of the actors from Shields or something. You know, just find, find some of these characters that you can bring in to do these these jobs but no more than uh you know like a tv or like small movie budget for those casts we can't do any like massive names in this and then i'm going to give you a real tidy 65 million dollars with another let's do 20 for marketing globally we'll try and sell pretty hard in uk and europe because it's pretty popular there and then we'll also you know market elsewhere as well all right, writer Ben, you have extensive notes from the studio. Most of them are to the directors saying cheap nerds, not expensive nerds. <laughs> and there's also the note to make it a little more tongue-in-cheek and goofy, but set in the games where apparently you got the Games Workshop license for Warhammer. Right. So you have their grim dark universe, but it's a comedy. Okay. Uh, first, I just want to say that anyone who plays Warhammer are not cheap nerds, but I'll continue with that note. Um, right. We know that they will pay to see the movie several times. Got it. One little man costs like $50. Right. So first off, I'm just going to do auto-replace of all the characters' names and just put in subtitles uh, name from book or from game. I'm just going to throw that you know, to someone else to deal with. You just research, hey, this character is kind kind of like this we'll just use that name you know so we can be like oh no it's a character in the game so there's that we're having no ocs as the kids say yeah i mean people were saying to make it more tongue-in-cheek at least when i wrote it i mean i tried to make like the edgelord just be you know funny you know like it is just his mere existence is but i think that people reading it actually don't pick up sarcasm as well so that's my struggle here is trying to make it funnier, but also make it so to fit in the Warhammer universe because those things aren't super fitting together. I think one way to add it like a bit more tongue in cheek to be like, okay, guys, we know that your game can be serious, but we're do- doing a little fun here. Um, we're going to have like a framing device of them playing the game and having the person, you know, making their team, making the story have some comedy of showing that, you know, like I'm not taking this game super seriously. So people who are watching will be like, hey, I I know this sometimes when I'm playing and, you know, I don't really care to take this seriously and just goofing around. This is what this movie is, just a session of them goofing around. So framing device just to protect ourselves. Nerd rage can be scary. But yeah, no, I'm just going to, you know, play up the goofiness of it. Make it more apparent that you were not supposed to think like, oh, man, this guy's so edgy. You know, it's like... You know, this is the kind of guy who, you know, you know, puts on the cosplay. Not that I'm making a statement about cos... Oh, shit. Now the nerds are going to go at me. Oh, shoot. I'm sorry. Um, but just make it funny, you know? Just maybe have the guy improvise a bit if you get a good improviser actor. I don't know who I'm working with or you guys are working with. That's your problem. I don't know. Maybe do a couple cutbacks to the real world where, there, where something super ridiculous happens and 
like the other players complain about like this is stupid or like what or or if someone does something completely impossible show it then it's because they did a terrible role all right, so Ian, you get the script back in the treatments, and now it's a world where we're cutting to two sweaty manners playing Warhammer, and then cutting into the events on the table as the miniatures come to life and life in the movie. And the studio gave you a $65 million budget with the notes, cheap actors, dumbass. He, apparently, dumbasses is, is a compliment from this producer, though, so you're doing okay. And this change of direction... How are you feeling? Well, I'm a little disappointed that we won't have the nerd cred, but I think we've got an actor that hasn't been around for a while, mostly a TV star, called Classical, can keep the nerd cred if we can cast her right, Lucy Lawless. That's right, Xena, warrior princess. As the edgelord assassin? No, not as edgelord assassin. God. You still haven't cast that person, that's why I'm curious. I hear that... We're talking TV actors. I was scouting around at Comic-Con. Some of the Walking Dead cast, there's a certain young person that might be up for grabs recently that we'll, we'll see if we can't get him in. Are you going to say who that is? I was going to, but then I thought about nerd rage and spoiler alerts. We're making a movie. You can spoil to the people who are making the movie. Well, it would be a spoiler for The Walking Dead. I don't know if you guys have seen Walking Dead yet. I don't want that on my conscience. <laughs> just, just say a name. Do you mean Norman Reedus or no, talking, Stephen I'm, Yen? We're, we're, talk, we're, talking, or... we're talking about Carl. Carl dying. He's mm-hmm. dead. He's dead in the thing. You could have just said Carl. Well, yeah, but that's his character name. And obviously I know his actor name. It's Chandler Riggs. I'm not an idiot. I can differentiate between people and fictional <laughs> characters. Anyway, he's he's always been good on the Comic-Con circuit. We know he can play serious. We know he can play silly. I mean, just look at that pudding scene. It was a great scene. Um, so I think he'd be good as an he'd be a good he'd be a good edgelord. He'd be a good edgelord. I think he'd he'd have fun in that role. We know he's got uh, some you know stage combat training. The Walking Dead is a very you know t- labor intensive project, and they've done very well with it. He's still young, so hopefully we can get him pretty cheap. He doesn't have a whole lot of uh, screen credit outside of a very long and successful running TV show, so how expensive could he possibly be? I'm really sad that we don't get Sir Ian McKellen. I, he's, he's been... He's going to be devastated, because he Is he was, working for scale? I mean, I don't know what he asked for, but... Then fuck him. <laughs> he's like 88 years old. No. Because <laughs> <laughs> he sounded like he was pretty on board with the project. I mean... He's I, I he's gonna be devastated when I tell him. I I don't know how I'm gonna break it to him. Yeah, devastated but... enough to work for scale? I don't even we know. We can what fill that in the means. rest. Okay. Alright. So uh producer, you have Chandler Riggs, Lucy Lawless now attached to the project. Can't remember who else was, but we have those two firm. It's taken uh, the cut to where it's you don't have any actors for the nerds playing the game, but you have two nerds playing a game of Warhammer, cutting to the action on the tables. It was real. It's goofy. It's comedy. You happy? We'll get those Stranger Things kids. They'll do well. Playing the game? Yeah. Children don't I play mean, Warhammer. Yeah, I don't think that's gonna work this the same way. I think. I think the nerds will reject seeing true visions of themselves playing this game. The only way that would work is if the, the people who are playing the game were, like, super hot ladies. But I don't think that's going to work either. So I'm thinking we just cut that whole thing entirely. It's just within the world, but it's still, like, a little bit winky. Like, we know we're having some fun with it because it's a goofy setting. I, I've been reading through the Wikipedia for... Uh, well, past about 12 hours, and I think I think I maybe scrolled through 10% of it. Uh, damn. I feel like the writer doesn't even have to do anything. There's so much stuff here. 
that I never would have guessed uh, would come out of a miniature of a green gentleman. <laughs> so I'm just going to start listing stuff off, and uh, you, you tell me if you like it, okay? <laughs> Colec Sun Eater. Love it. The Clan Pestilence. Pestilence? Pestilence. I like Sun Eater. Uh, Vlad von Karstein. Oh, Vlad von Karstein. If we're doing, that's, that's a pretty cool name. Uh, the Sea of Claws. Okay, Ooh. I think no, no, no claws. Uh, Magrita of Marienburg. I, 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 She's I, apparently an empress. No, I, I've picked. That could Vlad. be a cool thing. No, I've picked Vlad. But that would be a good role for. Okay. I don't care. I like Vlad as a name. It's aesthetically pleasing to me. So, yeah, I, I guess we're just going to kind of sh- shape this as, like, you know, a battle between uh, Sigmar and what's this other one? Entropy? Chaos. And Chaos, yes, that's it. And it's gonna there's going to be, like, some big demon princes or princesses, whatever, you know, monster things that they can fight, and it's going to be cool and fantastical. And people are definitely, definitely going to like this. The title we need to have Warhammer in it. Oh, yeah. I think, you know, something simple is probably good, but I'm open to suggestions like Warhammer colon, Chaos War, uh, I don't know, Hordes of Chaos. Edgeblade. Uh, no, War- <laughs> Warhammer Blade of Sigmar. Sure. Kind of like what I said. Blade of Sigmar, that sounds pretty good. Let's let's do that. What else did you guys need? Do you think we can get Michael Clark Duncan as one of the demon princes? He's been dead for like ten years. Oh, shit. Sucks. I would cast him in a minute, because he nerds love him and... Oh, idea. So, when the Pokemon movie came out, they gave you free cards if you went to see it. So, can we work with them to get a limited edition special piece that you can only get if you go to see this movie? Well, Games, People, Wo- Games Workshop is going to put out some pewter minis from the movie, so like the special... Really? They haven't made metal miniatures in like 10 years. Yeah, well, well this is a movie. I don't know. Maybe you talk to like the forever. oldest man who works there, but I don't really understand how all this works, so I, they're going to do something in to promote this movie. Like They're going to do a thing, and that'll be fine. I think we'll be good. I'm happy with this. Let's get it out the door, and let's go work on another thing. All right. I'm putting the Blade of Sigmar... Warhammer Cohen, the Blade of Sigmar, into the movie machine. So I pull the lever, it sounds like swords clashing and someone grunting. <laughs> so, this movie becomes one of the most talked about movies on the internet. So you have every Warhammer nerd raging about how inaccurate it is to the lore, doing their own cuts and writing ridiculously long articles on Tumblr and BuzzFeed was desperate for some clicks so they even had some well-known professional quote-unquote Warhammer gamers write how for people at home. how detailed the world is and how this was just crappy on 40 years of lore and everything and how it was obviously made by a bunch of studio people that heard the name Warhammer and figured they can make money off of it without research but the most popular thing to come out of this is uh, Pat and Oswald got really bored while smoking weed with Brian Poshane one day, and they did a super edit of the two of them playing a game of Warhammer, and then they had their film friend film it, and then they actually made the movie you pitched, cutting to the funniest, dumbest mo- moments of the movie. They used like 45 minutes of your movie, and then f- with Brian Poshane and Pat and Oswald talking over it like they're a couple basement lords playing a game of Warhammer. And that video, it goes like bootleg on Pirate Bay and everything. Because it just they made it for some friends, but it leaked. 
becomes one of the most popular internet sensations ever to the fact the studio just bought the rights to it, paid Oswald and Pushane a bunch of money, and the Blu-ray sales and VOD sales of that are through the roof, and you make tons of money doing that, even though the original movie is pulled from theaters after three weeks. So, knowing this, the Oswald cut makes money, your cut is shamed as one of the worst things ever made. Like, it's a shameless corporate money grab and nothing else. Ben, you have two minutes to do any time travel magic. Okay, so first off, so on one hand, I want to do a time theft where I stole that footage and then just made that actually the movie, but that might create some weird time paradoxes and stealing from alternate timelines, and we wouldn't get the same reaction, you know, if we actually hired him to do it. So you know what? Preemptively, I'm just going to contact Patton Oswalt and say, like, hey, I'll give you some money if you were to just suddenly, you know, got the urge to make a thing of, you know, any of my films if I could get, like, a certain cut of it. And he'd be like, whatever. You know, I'd seal the deal somehow. And then um, what I would do is I would continue outside. I'm going to go off and I'm going to write more bad movies for things that nerds care about and just capitalize on uh, this because this seems to be a new emerging genre. So other things that nerds are big on is people play... I'm going to make write a Magic the Gathering game. We're going to write another D&D movie. It's going to be even worse than the previous three attempts. I didn't know that was possible. You, yeah. I mean, I'm just going to partner up with Patton and, you know, just like sarcastically make shit. And you know what? And profit down the line. So, um... I'll see you, got you nerds. I'm uh, heading out, so uh, enjoy trying to salvage this dumpster fire. And don't actually salvage it, because then my whole plan's going to go out the window. I, I need this movie to fail. Uh, so, see ya. The writer just left at one of those, they call them hoverboard things that catch fire, but they're totally not hoverboards while giving a bunch of people the finger who are playing Pokemon Go. I don't know if we'll ever see them again, but director... Based on the knowledge, like, your version of the movie is considered one of the worst movies ever made, but not even fun bad, just boring bad. Like I said, the Oswald cut makes a ton of money, not for you, but for the studio. Are you okay with that? So, director Ian, your movie's not well-received, but the special Oswald cut does really well, but you don't see any money from that. So, are you going to fix that with some time travel magic? It's your call. Oh, you better believe I'm going to fix it. Those nerds want accuracy, we will give them accuracy. First of all, we're going to cut out all the live-action people. This movie is going to be stop animation of the actual figures. There is no more accurate than that. We will get down to the details, and this will be all done with the tiny figures. They will see the figures that they know and love, and these will be all, like, championship painting-level figures. Like, we're not... We're not talking just like your standard figures. We're going to get people that have won all the Golden Demons, get them to paint all the figures lovingly, carefully, each model, and get it super accurate. We're also going to narrow down our focus, pick one section of lore, and we'll definitely not throw in elements from Warhammer 20k, which I didn't realize was a separate thing. You're just making stuff up now, Warhammer 20k? Is it, or it's 30k, isn't it? 40k. 40k. Also oh, 40K. there's so many Ks. I didn't know there were that many Ks. This is why we're hiring experts. People that aren't me to help doctor the movie, make sure, massage the lore. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to bribe people in Fantasy Flight Games 
to actually produce more lore to fix any mistakes. How Fantasy Flight does that have anything <laughs> to do with Whichever company they are. Games, Games Workshop. Games Workshop. Again, this is why we're paying them. We're going to pay them to produce lore to fix... We're going to have them take a look at our script and then preemptively to the movie coming out, they're going to produce some supplementary material guides that will fill in any holes to make sure that our movie matches their lore. It'll be great. The nerds won't see it coming. Stuff it, nerds. All right, uh, producer, you're given another cut of the movie. The original cut still exists, and you're given another one that looks like it was made for about 80000 bucks of miniatures moving around the table with the director going, pew, ping, ping, and making magic sound going, fireball, rah, lore massaged and everything. Um, and then you have the original cut, which is boring, but you made a shit ton of money because of the parody cut. Well, what do you do? Well, as soon as I understood that Patton and Brian had tapped into a level of comedy here, I realized that the only course would be, of course, to fire Ben entirely. Hire Patton and, and Brian as our writers, our head writers for this film. Um, and then we're going to hire several consultants, not writers, consultants from Games Workshop and from so-called lore experts of the internet to provide some information on the details of the backstory so we don't get it incorrect, but let Patton and Brian have a little bit of fun, let them get a little goofy, let them kind of explain away some decisions. Basically just, you know, get into the spirit of these guys having their fun games, you know, and I think we, we take that four-liter Mountain Dew bottle and we put, you know, the, the movie logo on the side and sell that in game shops. I think people will snap that up. It's a, that's a piece of, of culture right there. Last far beyond this film. So, yeah, I think, you know, press press that comedy angle a little bit. You know, be, get a little closer to the, the actual lore of the thing. You know, just make a fun fantasy thing. Uh, the, the whole thing about, like, the miniatures, like, that's cute but wrong. We This is going to be a, a film, not uh, an art school project. So for, for the amount of money we got, we're going to have mixture of actors and CGI. Some motion capture, some people in suits, just do whatever we need to to make the scene look as good as possible. Get, you know, some cool special effect scenes with big magic or, you know, big battles or monsters. Make a, a fucking fun fantasy film, you know? That's that's the whole thing. Does it still have Blade of Sigmar in the title? Or are you going to call it, what do you call it, Blade Singer? What? Or Edgelord, Edgeblade? No. What's the title? I changed to Blade of Sigmar to avoid that, so... Yeah, Warhammer, colon, Blade of Sigmar. Okay. My movie's even um, called Warhammer. So, one problem you run into, this comes back, that the final comedic cut and everything, Games Workshop does not approve. They are a serious company. They literally put on their boxes, they ship this to game stores, says, not children's toys. They're a serious company that does not sell adult dolls at all or anything. So they rip your licensing agreement because they had some weird contract thing in there because they've been doing this for years. So you're having to, you have to rename it to Table Wars and you scrub out an ADR over all of the GW references, which people find actually funnier because they know all the nerds. So it becomes a huge comedic hit in that. And it's called Blade of Redacted is the final title because that's all you could get approved. And it's pretty interesting. Nerds love it. 
the hardcore serious GW nerds hear it, and you manage to make sure Games Workshop never signs a movie deal again, so that might end up being a good thing. So uh, there you have it, folks. That is the Blade of Redacted presented by the movie Sheen. Uh, and as always, we leave you with a piece of wisdom from our patron saint, Guy Fieri. Boy, you're like the blackjack dealer at the casino in Flavortown. Thank you, everyone. Have a good day. Cheers.